On March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Action Park Media. Throughout season two of the dossier, I will be dropping different audio and visual files for listeners. Today is the unedited deposition that was taken inside San Quentin Prison. Rob Frank, the lead attorney, along with Perry Sanders, is questioning Mario Hammonds about the involvement of the LAPD and Suge Knight in the murder of Biggie. At the top of the audio, you can also listen to a phone call with Sergio Robledo and myself a few years prior discussing my meeting with Mario Hammonds in Los Angeles. If you remember correctly, Sergio Robledo was the private investigator that Perry Sanders and Miss Valletta Wallace hired during the civil case against the city of Los Angeles. Stay tuned for some more feed drops as we head to the release of season two. I interviewed him in a couple different times. I went up there to interview him. Is he, he's out and about now, huh? Yeah, and he came, he drove down for the day, and I had lunch with him and his brother, and he's got a nephew that's like in the film business. So we just had like a three-hour lunch. But... You know, this is a guy who was in the Black Gorilla family. I mean, this is yep. this guy is no joke. You know what I mean? No, no, no. That's right. Any anytime you hear Black Gorilla family that they were in it, they were in it for. They weren't in for the nickel or the dime. They were in all the way, and and it cost them when they got out. You know, because because they were afraid for years after that. Oh no, he had to go into the witness protection program. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's uh, 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 a real deal kind of stuff. Hammonds, because um, he's never really talked publicly either, because he's scared. He's not well. Yeah. He he's scared in that you know he said he he'll talk, but you know it's it's not you know then people in Oakland know because not too many people know that he gave that deposition, you know. Um, it's kind of faded out into the... Scared in that. Yeah, he's scared in that. Him and he's scared. He, he's going to give me the deposition so that I could at least read and understand what he said. You know, but he was protecting Suge in jail. There's no... I don't have any doubt about that. And and they were in jail for four years together. Yeah. See, he knew in depth, uh, and, and th- there was... You know, there's this trust with BGF and Bloods and all that, senior Blood members, not the youngsters. They didn't give a shit about the youngsters. But the OGs and the BGF, where does one end, where's the other begin, that kind of thing. And then, and then there's business. And when they get together for business, then you're talking about uh, 662 Club, and you're getting, you know, other opportunities for business. And so that, that's really where these guys join up. Join. You, you know what he said, and I don't know, I guess you wouldn't know. He said there is a picture of Suge with him and Mac at the 662 Club. Now, I've seen those pictures. And hell, I may have it. You know, my problem is you're talking about 11 boxes or whatever of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that's a big job there. I mean, just even going through that stuff. But I'll take a look and see, you know, just, you know, I'd like to, I want you to understand that I'll do whatever I can to help you on that. Oh, but no, I, man. I, listen, you, Sergio, you've gone above and beyond and I appreciate it. You know, it's, you've sort of been just a a guidepost 
But he did tell me, he said, I'm the one, I was the informant for them to have been able to write the search warrant. And I actually thought he was talking about the search warrant of Mac's house. But then I realized that that was on the bank robbery. But he, there was, there must have been some information about Mac in that search warrant that he gave to the LAPD. It could but be. he said, you know what, though, Sergio? He did. He said he told the FBI. Hammond had worked with the FBI for quite a while, and, and he, had, he had given them information, and they had been able to put cases together. And so when, when they, they had put cases together, they, were, they found Hammond to be credible, and that's how he ends up uh, and 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 then because the prison unit over at the at, at that facility contacted contacted LAPD because Hammond had some more information, then Hammond was able to convince them that he was a credible wit based on his prior uh, commitment to and the statements to the FBI. But uh, you know, I, let me do something that I, might help you, okay? And and. Uh, okay. I will need to call you back on that, and then then I might have a spiritual awakening of my memory. Okay, that sounds all right. Good. I like spiritual <laughs> awakening. <laughs> all right. All right, brother. Sir, would you state your name and spell your last name for the record? It was Mario Hammonds. Uh, M A R I O H A hyphen M-M-O-N-D-S. And Mr. Hammonds, I noticed that you are in a wheelchair and have some type of a electrical device uh, around your, your neck. What What is that and, and, and why do you have it? I have it for pain management. Uh, it uh, sends uh, signals to send painkillers to my spine. And are you under some type of medical condition that requires that? Yes. And what is that? Uh, my neck was broken, uh, and I have uh, liver cancer, and I have other uh, ailments, uh, multiple ailments that are uh, could be fatal eventually that I was told by my physicians. Are you currently taking medication for those conditions? Yes, I take, uh, I'm heavily medicated for it, for pain. Pain management is what they say. Is there anything about uh, the uh, pain medication or about your stimulator that would make it difficult for you to understand and to truthfully and accurately respond to my questions today? No, sir. Are you currently incarcerated, sir? Uh, yes, I'm incarcerated here in San Quentin. I don't know why, but I'm here because they, they don't have anything to do with me, so I don't, I don't know why I'm here. Previously, what facility were you in? Marin County Jail. And what are you currently being held for? Um, I'm currently being held in Marin County Jail for uh, identity theft and uh, forgery. And um, recently, assault uh, with a deadly weapon with great bodily injury to an inmate who attacked me. Uh, in the county jail due to him overhearing a conversation of me discussing this case and my uh, assistance in this case. Attacked me with an ink pen and I protected myself while I was in the wheelchair and uh, he got pretty messed up so they charged me. But uh, they didn't know my side of the story because when they did the Miranda I didn't say anything. My lawyer uh, is handling that part, he's gathering uh, evidence from witnesses to explain to them why I did what I did, and I was defending myself. Have you been convicted of any crime in relation to that incident? No, I haven't been convicted of any crimes for as why they holding me in Marin County Jail. And Mr. Hammonds, were you previously incarcerated? I've been incarcerated uh, approximately 26 years of my life. I'll be 49 in January. Approximately 26 years and 24, uh, maybe 23 are in society, but the 20 half of my life has been incarcerated. And Mr. Hammonds, without going into a lot of detail of the charges, could you give us a, just a, a general summary of, of how it is that, that you've come to be incarcerated for, 
for that long of a period of your life? Uh, throughout my life and my adolescence, and uh, I made some mistakes and other things, uh, having to survive. What the but my environment left me to survive in life was crime. So um, that's how I ended up incarcerated. I mean, society, all that was left for me was crime to provide for my family and myself. Do you have or, or did you have any type of substance abuse problem? Yes, I had an addiction of uh, snorting uh, cocaine and heroin. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, I smoked marijuana, but my, my choice of drug was, was heroin, snorting heroin. But I have never used any drugs intravenously. And are you in any type of treatment or recovery program, or have you been through such programs? I have never been in any recovery program. It's never been offered to me. The criminal system has never offered me a drug program. They always sent me to prison. Is it fair to say that, that while in prison you don't have access to and don't use any of those drugs? only drugs I use are the pharmaceutical drugs, the controlled substances that are issued to me and my pain management uh, uh, unit here. During one of your periods of uh, incarceration, did you have occasion to associate with, with Suge, Marion Knight? Yes, I did. Mr. Hammonds, did there come a time in your life where you began to assist law enforcement? Yes. Um, uh, my recollection uh, seems to escape me right now, but I have assisted different agencies uh, that have hired me as an agent provocateur to uh, achieve information and data and uh, what have you to, they would say in the interest of justice that I've always been told. And without identifying specific cases, can you give me generally the, any of the agencies that you've assisted on crimes? I've assisted the Secret Service, the FBI, and um, SSU. Uh, that's about it. Oh, oh no, in Los Angeles Police Department. And is one of the things you assisted the Los Angeles Police Department on the investigation into the murder of Mr. Christopher Wallace? Objection, uh, Yes, sir. Has your assistance to law enforcement helped to convict people? Objection, meeting. Yes, it has, and from what I was told. And you have an understanding as to approximately how many people have been convicted? Not to my, I, 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 not to my knowledge. I can't recollect that. Did you meet with the Los Angeles Police Department regarding the murder of Christopher Wallace? Yes, sir, I did. And have you met with them on multiple occasions? Yes, I have. And uh, as you're saying, uh, physically or what, telephone or telecommunications, or you mean just well, sit down like we're talking now? Yeah, let, let, let me ask a, a number of questions on that, Mr. Oh, Jones. okay. Um, have you met with them in person multiple times? Yes. And you recall how many times? Maybe twice at my recollection of I mean, it was a, quite a while back. Um, and do you recall speaking with them by telephone? Yes, somewhat. And on how many occasions? Maybe once or twice. Mr. Hammonds, I'm going to represent to you that in the my review of the Los Angeles Police Department files, it appears as though they met with you on December 24, 1997, on August 6 of 19. 98 on December 14 of 1998 and again on April 5th of 1999. Does that in any way refresh your recollection as to when they may and may not have met with you? Before you answer, let me just interpose an objection uh, and I know you're not trying to mislead the witness. I'm not sure that's an entirely accurate statement of the meetings, but uh, I'll allow the witness to answer. And, and Mr. Hammonds, I'm asking for your recollections to when you may have met with Around 98, yeah, around, yeah, some, sometime around that would be appropriate. Around 98 would be, could say appropriately, that was around that time, 1998. When you met with the Los Angeles Police Department, again, without going through the details, 
when you met with them relating to Christopher Wallace's case, what types of things did you discuss with them? Uh, we discussed uh, the murder of Christopher Wallace. Discussed, uh, we discussed that, uh, did I have any knowledge of the murder? Did the Los Angeles Police Department have you look at photographs? Yes, they did. Did the Los Angeles Police Department ask you to attempt to identify persons in photographs? Yes, they did. And were you able to identify any persons for the city of Los Angeles? Yes, I identified several individuals that I was associated with uh, that I knew on the pictures. Did they ask you to tell them things that, that you had heard or statements that other folks had made? Yes, they did. Have you also met with with the family Wall the Wallace family attorneys, myself and others? Yes, I have. And have you shared with us the information that you gave to the Los Angeles Police Department? Yes, I have. And Mr. Hammonds, in in front of you, uh, there's a stack of papers. Uh, what are, what are those? These are the transcripts uh, that I received from the, the attorneys. Uh, for, for, to, for us to go over what I've said, being that this is like 10, 10 years old, going on 11 years now, and my memory is uh, I would have to you know, go back and forth, but the, ma the majority of the stuff I remember uh, quite well um, because I got to know some of the individuals pretty well, and I kind of like trusted a couple of them. So I, people that I trust, I remember things important, and, you know. And who gave you those papers? Uh, matter of fact, you did, Mr. Franks. Okay. And did you review those papers in preparation for this deposition? Yes, I did. Did any other party request that you review any materials in order to prepare for this deposition? No. In reviewing those documents, do they appear to reflect at least some of your conversations with the Los Angeles Police Department? Oh, they, they uh, enormously they do. They uh, reflect a whole lot. Uh, some of the stuff I hadn't forgot about, but it refreshed my memory to uh, make it more adequate, make it more, you know, where I can remember things now as I look back in that time, you know. In reviewing those documents, does it appear as though there were other conversations that you had with them that at least were not in that packet of materials. Objection. I don't understand that question. Sure. And and Mr. Hammonds, I, I, I didn't begin this at the didn't state this at the beginning of the deposition, but if you don't understand something that I've asked you, just go ahead and tell me. Okay? Okay. You've been given certain statements for review, correct? Yes. Okay. From reviewing those statements, does it appear that the documents that you were given reflect all of the statements that you have given to the LAPD? Yes, sir. Have you signed a declaration regarding your knowledge of this case? Yes, I have, sir. This is one. Do you have a copy for counsel? I do. Uh, can I see that? Uh, you, okay. You get to see the original, Mr. Hammonds. Oh, okay. Mr. Hammonds, could you please review this document and tell me whether that's the declaration you executed? Yes, I recognize that. 
Is this mine, or is it you guys? That's that's the original, and what that will ha what will happen, Mr. Hammonds, is this will be attached to your deposition oh. and become part of the part of the deposition itself. Mm -hmm. There is there are certain statements contained on the document that are in handwriting as opposed to type. Are those in your handwriting? Yes, it is. And the signature on the last page is that your signature? Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Does this appear to be a true and accurate copy of your declaration? That is a true and accurate copy. And are the statements contained in this declaration true and accurate to the best of your ability and knowledge? Yes, it is. I need to take a break. I need my medication. Absolutely. My spine is starting to. And this is not a nervous problem. This is part of my religion. Okay. I mean, yes. so I don't want anybody to think that I'm nervous or anything. This is just, I'm a Muslim, Sunni Muslim, so... When I'm being questioned, I want to ask God to give me guidance to make sure I tell the truth and the honest, to be honest. So that's what this is. We can go off the record now? Yeah. Okay, so now, now we're off the record. Going off the record at the time is 9.39 a.m. Back on the record at the time is 9.32 a.m. Mr. Hammonds, can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, what area? I grew up in Oakland, California. And when not incarcerated, what kind of businesses have you been involved in? Music, records, film, uh, crime. Uh, what did you do in the music industry? I uh, started a little small label in Oakland. A uh, real small place uh, called Lock and Load Records with a guy by the name of a uh, friend of mine, uh, Jalil. Did you sometimes work in the Los Angeles area in the music industry? Uh, yes. I, uh, was film I was part of a couple of music productions and film productions with Tupac Shakur and uh, by the another actor by the name of Bokeem Woodman. And how did you come to know Tupac Shakur? Uh, I met Tupac here in the Bay Area in Oakland in the early, eight, late 80s when he was with Digital Underground. And then once he got uh, associated with Shook, we reacquainted ourselves in the 90s. And uh, we started uh, doing some things together. And uh, by doing some things, were you referring to things within the music industry? Uh, no, more like hanging out, partying, and kicking it. We only did one thing together, which was Poetic Justice, and we was working on something else, which was another film by, by a guy in the name of Chattinson Berry. He's a producer in L.A., and the name of the film was A Different Shade of Love, but I think it got put on the shelf. It was New World Media Productions. And how would you describe your personal relationship with Tupac Shakur? Uh, we was partners. As and partners mean in layman that we was tight. Through your relationships in the music industry and your relationships with Mr. Shakur, did you come to know uh, Marion Knight? Yes, I, I met Marion Knight through Tupac. And Marion Knight goes by Suge Knight, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And when did you first meet Suge Knight? Um, actually, I have to, I was looking here, but I think it's around 94, 93, 95 area, anywhere from 93 to 95 in Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. And at any point in time, did you work with uh, Suge Knight or, or, or in any way associate with them professionally in the music industry? Not in the music industry, no. What would you describe your relationship with Mr. Uh, Knight as? Subjection uh, Vegas to time. Okay, during the 1993 to 1997 time period, how, what would you describe your relationship with Mr. Well, Knight? we met first at, uh, in Vegas in the area of Caesars and Luxlor. It was a big fight down there, the Hollyfield Riddick Bow fight. Uh, and Park had heard that I was in town. So he told Shug that he was going to go come get me so we could kick it. Kick it meaning by party. 
women and what have you, drugs, whatever. So we met up at Caesars and we did a little gambling. Shilk was with us. Um, I think Snoop, a couple of Snoop Dogg of the rap group Dog Pound, and a few other cats. And then we finally ended up at the 662 Club on Flamingo, uh, uh, whatever that is, Flamingo Boulevard or something, I think. What is the 662 Club? It's a club that was owned by Shilk Knight that I found out later that it, he was the owner. And we partied and we went in the VIP room. And uh, we did things that, I mean, do I have to be explicit? Because some things I don't want, I mean. If, Tell the whole truth and nothing else is true. Okay. Well, we had. If, if, if you are asked a question, Mr. Hammonds, you need to answer that question completely okay. and accurately. Okay. If you are not asked a question, um, then obviously. Okay, well, ask the question again. Okay. I had asked you to describe your relationship with Mr. Knight. Okay. If in describing that relationship with Mr. Knight you need to go into these details to fully and accurately answer it, then do so. Okay. Well, as I was saying, uh, Mr. Knight, myself, and Tupac, we party with, you know, with females and drugs, liquor, uh, marijuana. And uh, on some of these occasions, uh, Suge made some suggestions because he knew my criminal background. He knew uh, the people who I used to associate with in Oakland. He was familiar with them, and he felt that uh, he could ask me certain things. I have Tupac ask me certain things. And what were those certain things? Uh, this was one night I can't recollect that good, but it was a night he asked Tupac to leave the room. And man, it was talking. He said, "Yeah, you from up north, right, man? Uh, you fuck with Felix and them up there, right? You know, put in a lot of work." I said, "Yeah." I said, "But then uh, he mentioned Christopher Wallace, Biggie Small, and he said, "You know that fat punk is giving me a lot of lip and a lot of shit on the East Coast. You think you can handle it? My meaning, handle it, meaning, can you arrange or do uh, assassinate?" Uh, uh, Christopher Wallace, big and small. I told him no. And that was it. And then he said, oh, I thought you was hard, man. I thought you was, you know, and that was it. And when approximately did that conversation take place? <sighs> I can't remember. It's from 94 to 96. That's all I can remember. In that 94 to 1996 time frame, in all of your dealings and associates with Tupac Shakur or Suge Knight or other artists or, or associates of Death Row Records, did they at any time express any type of animosity toward either Mr. Wallace or Mr. Sean Combs? Suge Knight did. And what it was personal. He took it personal, but now I'm, I'm speaking after the fact once we was incarcerated together, and I'll wait till, you, till we get to that. But right now, then, it was like a personal thing. When we talked about it, it was, you know, uh, I, need, I need this done. Like, so, and Tupac told me don't pay him no attention because he had plans to leave and come back to Oakland and start his own thing. All right, so life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to 100 a day as you work, and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So maybe you need to get your kids something special, or you and the wife need a scintillating night out, every once in a while at least. So download Earn In Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in the dossier under podcast. Earn In, 
is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com forward slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Have you ever met a Los Angeles police officer named David Mack? Yes, I have. And is there a time frame during which you met Mr. Mack? And the same time frame from 93 to 96. Uh, I met him in Vegas once, and I met him at, on a video shoot in uh, Los Angeles. My memory uh, doesn't escape me. I think it was in the Crenshaw district at the the Marla Gibbs Theater place where they film at, right off of Lamarck, uh, we was doing something over there. I can't remember what it was, but I actually met him. Um, and I can't think of the other name that he went by, the uh, little street, you know, we all had street names. I can't recollect that name, so, but I remember his picture and I remember meeting him. In what circumstance did you meet him? I met him at the club in the party circumstance and at the one a video shoot in Los Angeles. When you refer to the club, what club are you? 662 Club in Vegas. Was at the time Mr. Mack with other death row associated persons? Yes. Yes, he was. How, did, how, how would you know that he was with those folks? Uh, Snoop, Daz, um, Corrupt, um, and we was in the VIP section of the club. Matter of fact, one night, Shook closed the club down and told everybody, he made most of the guys leave and kept all the women, and said the drinks and everybody, everything was on house, and he locked the door, he said, all right, we're going to party, ain't nobody leaving. You know, and it was a, just like, it was off the hook. And he was there. But, he, you know, we had little separate rooms and stuff where we all took our girls, or what, you know, a little drugs and did our little thing. So I don't know what he did and what anybody, I know what I did and what me and Tupac did. I do not have, uh, I do not have additional copies for counsel, but I'll show it to counsel before I tender it to the witness. Uh, Mr. Hammonds, have you seen this photograph before? Yes, I have. And I'm referring to the photograph labeled as Exhibit 2. Yes. And is it fair, sir, that uh, you and I discussed this photograph prior to your deposition? Yes. Could you turn that around so the camera could see it and tell me whether you can identify the folks in that photograph? Uh, this person right here is uh, was a sometime bodyguard, Rafael Perez. Uh, this is uh, David Mack. I can't remember this cat's name right here. Did you see that person before? Yes, I've seen him before, but I don't remember his name. Did David Mack, to your knowledge, ever appear to be performing either bodyguard services or, or any type of security work for death row? Yes. The Action Foundation calls it speculation. We may Yes, he, he, he was, because at the club, Shug said if I had any problems, go to him, Tupac. And Shug said, go to this other guy in the red. Because there were some unfriendlies in the club that got locked in that night in the club. So, uh, so I'm making an assumption that he was part of the security or whatever, you know. It's just like us. We have guys that do our dirty work to protect us up here up north. Now, you'd indicated that you had also seen Mr. Mack at a, a video shooting. Was that a video shooting that was in any way associated with a death row artist? Yes, uh, it was one of, uh, if I, I remember correctly, it was one of Tupac's videos, I think. 
uh, with Jodeci or someone else. Joe. Jodeci. Oh, I don't know. J O D E C I. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and based upon what you observed of Mr. Mack during that video shoot, did he appear to be there in a role of security or was he there in another role? As As he, he appeared to be there in a shot caller position, what we call in control. Okay, what is a shot caller position? In control. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, 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 I'll make it more uh, plainer. A vice jury in absent of Shug Knight. Okay. Meaning, vice jury, meaning in absent of. Can you describe to me the conduct that you observed that led you to believe that? Um, people, when, uh, people going to him, asking him questions. I'm a Tupac telling me, man, you know, let him know if you see somebody that's, that's not a friendly, we, mean, we say by friendly, mean a, a foe or enemy, and, you know, make sure you let him know. Has, have you seen that picture before you and I discussed it? Uh, yeah. And how did you come to see that photograph previously? I seen that photograph in L.A. Um, years ago. And I, the, the FBI uh, showed me that photograph. And... Did the FBI ask you to identify any person within the photograph? Yes. And did you do so? Yes, I did. And did the identification of the persons within the photograph that you gave to the FBI differ in any way from the identifications that you've made of that photograph today? No. Have you ever provided photographs to any law enforcement agency uh, relating to your attendance at any death row function? I s supplied photos of me, Tupac, Shug, uh, Amir Muhammad, David Mack, Snoop Dogg, Das Dillinger, Corrupt, oh, and numerous of other people that was at parties in L.A. and Vegas that we I had took. And I gave them to an FBI agent uh, to uh, because I was enlisted as an agent provocateur. Once the FBI found out that I knew and I started hanging out with Tupac and them, uh, they enlisted me and uh, financed my trips to where I was renting Rolls Royces from Beverly Hills and staying in the, the nice hotels to go along with the image that they wanted me to have when associating with these people. And when did you begin assisting the FBI as it relates to death row records? Anywhere from 93 to 96. And you had indicated that you gave them uh, a photograph or photographs and you named a number of different people. Yes. Were all those folks in one photograph? Uh, different ones, but at the same night. All right. Same place, same time. And did any of those photographs show pictures of David Mack? Yes. Did any of those photographs show pictures of David Mack with Suge Knight? Yes. Did any of those photographs show David Mack with other recording artists and associates of Death Row Records? Yes. Did any of those photographs show David Mack, Amir Muhammad, and Suge Knight? Yes. Objection lacks foundation. Yes. Okay. And myself. Okay. Let me, let me back up. Let me back up and ask you a series of okay. questions. You know who Suge Knight is, right? Yes, I do. Okay. And how do you know who Suge Knight is? Through us association with him. Okay. Do you know who Amir Muhammad is? Yes. And who is Amir Muhammad? Amir Muhammad is a Muslim brother of mine. Okay. And how did you meet Mr. Muhammad? In, L in L.A. in Las Vegas. And was Mr. Muhammad with David Mack at that time? Yes. And uh, is that how you know who Mr. Muhammad is? That's the only way I know. That is the only way I know. Based on that, do you have any photographs that show both Mr. Muhammad, excuse me, let me ask it differently. Have you seen any photographs that show Mr. Muhammad, Suge Knight, and Mr. Mack? Yes, I have.
had indicated earlier that Mr. Knight had expressed animosity toward uh, Mr. Wallace. Did, were you present at any conversation where Mr. Knight expressed animosity towards Mr. Wallace, where David Mack was present? I can't remember that. Okay. I don't remember that. Were you, has Suge, you, strike it, let me ask it differently. Did you indicate that Mr. Knight had made statements to you regarding the murder of Mr. Wallace? Yes, he did. Were any such statements, any statements like that, made with David Mack present? The statements, when he made those statements, were when we was incarcerated that he said David Mack was involved, that David Mack had taken care of and had it, it was taken care of, meaning the Christopher Wallace assassination. Did Mr. Knight at any time while you were present discuss law enforcement involvement in death row records? Yes, he has, and on numerous occasions. And what did he say in that regard? That we had, and he's saying we, that we had uh, LAPD uh, protecting us and as bodyguards and not to worry about nothing when I'm in LA. Did Mr. Knight name any officers? Uh, Rafael Perez, David Mack, and the other officer escapes me. Um, I know he's kin to Shug Knight's wife. That's all I remember when Shug was talking about it when we was in uh, CMC. Did you ever observe anyone who you believed to be a Los Angeles police officer present at any death row function? Yes, I have. Okay. Why did you believe the person or persons were or was in Los Angeles. I was told by Tupac Shakur and uh, David, I mean, excuse me, Tupac Shakur and, and Suge Knight. And what did they tell you? Uh, what I told you earlier that don't worry about it because we got LAPD and we don't have nothing to worry about and don't worry about nothing while you're down here because I'm a very hesitant person due to my the way I do things, uh, I don't trust cops, regardless of how cool they is or how long I've worked with them. I don't. I just don't. I just, just I don't care how cool you say a cop is. I don't trust. Them. Are you familiar with the Bloods Street Gang? Yes, I am very familiar with the Blood Street Gangs. And how are you familiar with the Blood Street Gangs? Through uh, Marion Knight, Shield Knight. Do you? have an understanding as to whether there is a relationship or association between Mr. Knight and, and death row records and the Bloods Street Gang? Yes, there is. Major connection. Okay. The Lutus Park uh, Bloods, which is where Suge is from, uh, they uh, usually did a lot of work there at death row. Uh, some, I'm saying my part that I know of and that they are associated with, with Suge Knight and death row records. Are you familiar with the term Damu? Damu. That means blood in Swahili. That's all. Are you familiar with uh, a gang called Mob Piru? Yes. Those are like a different sect of bloods. Like you got the Pyrus, Mob, you know, uh, uh, Bounty Hunters, etc., etc., but the blood uh, affiliates. They were allies to the former gang that I was involved in, the Black Gorilla family. The black gorilla family. And and what is the black gorilla family? A black gorilla family was an organization started in Soledad by uh, George Jackson and uh, W. L. Nolan and a few other older convicts to protect the uh, black inmates that came in against staffs and other white Aryan Brotherhood other groups that staff would let them. Uh, things to black inmates so the black gorilla family became a vanguard to stop and start uh, killing staff members to let them know that you just can't beat us up we're not going to be like the Mexican mafia or the North Korean mafia they specialize in hitting staff not each other they didn't believe in black on black crimes and we all spoke Swahili uh, fluently uh, so that's what the, the black gorilla family that's what they stand for 
George Jackson was one of the members that got killed right here, and right where you guys came in, that he got killed in a allegedly attempted escape from here. Are you still a member of the Black Guerrilla family? No, I dropped out in 1987. Uh, once I debriefed and started assisting and became an agent provocateur for the FBI. Okay. What is the term dropped off? Dropped out? Dropout means one who no longer functions and there is a, a, a bounty on your life. Um, especially if you was at the rank I was in, there's a bounty on your life that because you can never drop out of the BGF. And I turned Muslim, Sunni Muslim in 1987 um, and gave my life to God, Allah and discontinued my association with the BGF. You also use the term debriefed. What does debrief mean? Debrief mean is you become a defector. And you, um, uh, it's, it's a more title than being a snitch or informer. It's a debriefing is that I was telling the gentleman earlier, like the guys in Pelican Bay, in order to get out of there and get back to a main line, you have to debrief on your friends. Um, stabbings that we, we, we had dudes killed or we killed ourselves. You have to talk about things and you get immunity on them from the uh, government. When one drops out and debriefs, from that point forward, if they're incarcerated, are they put in any kind of special or particular type they're, of facilities? They're housed in special housing or PHU called a protective housing unit, which now is Corcoran, uh, Corcoran 1. And you have all your high notoriety cases like high BGFs, like Rochelle McGee that's still living, uh, Yogi Pinnell. Uh, then you have Sirhan, Sirhan, Charles. That's a place where you protect where other inmates and staff. There's not a gun in the unit because a staff member can get paid. Uh, you know, And that is why uh, one of the reasons why I'm in fear of my life in the Department of Corrections is because I know that a staff member can get paid to do something to me. What is the San Luis Obispo Men's Colony? It is a prison for high notoriety inmates and protective custody inmates, a soft line inmates that program. Uh, it's the Disneyland of prisons. Were you ever housed in that facility? I was housed there from 1997 to 2001. And do you have an understanding as to why you were housed in that particular facility? Due to my cooperation as an agent provocateur for different government agencies. While you were housed at the San Luis Obispo Men's Colony, did you have occasion to associate with Suge Knight? Yes, me and uh, Suge Knight reacquainted ourselves from our little escapades in Vegas and Los Angeles, and we reminisced and laughed and jived and bullshit about it. And, talked about just, you know, kicked, you know, kicked it and got close. We, matter of fact, we even tried to get something going there. A couple shows we tried to produce, but the warden shot them down. Okay. What do you mean by shows you tried to produce? Well, we tried to get Daz, Dillinger, uh, Corrupt, Mary J. Blige, LL Cool J. Oh, Mary J. Blige, LL Cool J, Daz Dillinger, and numerous other artists to come in and do a benefit for the handicapped and the underprivileged kids in the surrounding areas of San Luis Obispo and donate the money to that, to those funds. And it fell through due to the warden. He didn't want to, I guess, from what I was told by staff there, he didn't want the publicity because Jill Knight's name was pretty hot. Did you live in the same cell or cell block as Mr. Knight? No, we didn't share a cell. We shared cell blocks, meaning one, two doors down, ten feet away. And my cell was here, his cell was there. And did you spend a good amount of time speaking with him? We spent a, approximately, when he's not on a visit, we would hang out on the yard or we'd hang out in the music room trying to put stuff together. Um, or we would, I would get people to run his errands for him, to get to run his weed over to uh, different quads, to uh, make sure he got on the phone, make sure the officer that was bringing us what we needed, make sure he got what we were supposed to have. Because Shug Knight didn't like eating in the kitchen. 
he didn't like eating uh, jailhouse food. So we ate food that came in from the street. We had people bring us food. And um, um, when our packages were sent in, we cooked our own food. Under what circumstances would an inmate trust another inmate generally to handle the kinds of things that you handled for Mr. Knight? Objection, vague, also speculation, let me let me let me back up, Mr. Hammonds. I, <coughs> I need some water. Okay, maybe go off the record. We can go off the record. Going off the record, the time is ten nineteen a.m. Ah. You're back on the record. The time is ten twenty four a.m. Mr. Hammonds, in your twenty six years of incarceration. Did you uh, have an opportunity to observe and to yourself participate in the different relationships that are formed inside of a, a correctional facility? Objection, vague, calls speculation, next foundation. Yes, I have. And have you been involved in and had an opportunity to observe circumstances where inmates are procuring items of contraband for other inmates? Yes. Does there need to be a particular type of relationship for one inmate to trust another inmate to obtain items of contraband for them? Objection, vague. Sorry. It's okay. Foundation. Speculation. Yes. Um, first of all, even though that we're in a PC institution, and um, Chill got a jacket itself, and he was a he was an uh, informer. So he couldn't really scrutinize anybody himself because when uh, Michael Harris sent gentlemen from Lancaster Prison to come kill him on the bus, Shook Knight used to go down to R and R, and I arranged for him with S and I upstairs and let him look at the people getting off the bus. If they came from Lancaster and there was bloods in certain crypts, Shook told staff that they can't get off the bus here because they're going to try to harm me, and I made sure. That they, those kind of people didn't touch down. So, with that, me and Shilk got real tight. So he enlisted me um, for services. And uh, being that we had met prior, and he knew that me and Tupac was tight, he trusted me, being from Northern California, when he wouldn't trust his own blood uh, associates because a lot of them wanted to do something to him there as well and the Rolling Sixties group, the Crips. So he enlisted the Muslims, the BG, ex-BGFs, and some, uh, I'm gonna say some brothers out of uh, different other groups in Northern California. Uh, they're not significant, but nonetheless, he took on using us to kind of like put a protection thing around him. So he wanted us in the visiting room with him. He wanted us around him. He made sure we had money on our books. He made sure we got packages. He made sure that our families was taken care of. So uh, we had to be loyal to Mr. Knight. But I didn't take no shit off of him. That's why he liked me and I wasn't stupid. He liked stupid people around him because he can control them. While you were associating with Mr. Knight, were you providing information regarding Mr. Knight to law enforcement? Yes, sir. And what agencies? Los Angeles PD, FBI, and the SNI Security Investigation at uh, California Men's College. Were you incarcerated on the date that Mr. Wallace was murdered? Yes. And were you... And were you associating with Mr. Knight during that period of time? Uh, to my recollection, yes. 97, I, I would, would imagine. 97? 97, I mean 1997. After the murder of Mr. Wallace, did Mr. Knight make any statements to you regarding the murder of Mr. Wallace? Yes, he made several and numerous statements uh, all the time that we were there in CMC, and he said, my people handled their business and they took care of it when you could have made that money up north. You guys could have did that. But my people did it and he explained to me because he had entrusted me. And he said 
that, yeah, they took care of business, and he took it like a big fat bitch. And he started laughing. And he said, we just missed Puffy, Sean Combs, because he explained to me that this wasn't a Tupac issue. This was a Biggie and Sean Combs issue. He hated those two individuals with a passion. I put on a rap show, and I had a boy from New York rap. You know, different style, East Coast style. He got mad at me. He had exchanged the words. He said, man, why did you put that dude, man, he's from New York, talking that West Coast shit. And he got angry. And I told him, I said, well, you know, you know what you can do, what's happening, you know. So then he played it off, and I guess he knew he still needed me or whatever. I don't know why he backed down. But we were going to get into it behind that. So he really has a problem with people from the East Coast. Did I'm meaning New York, not East Coast Crip, meaning New York City. Did Mr. Knight make any statements regarding persons who were involved in the Yes. Um, he mentioned a guy by the name of Sykes, Reg, David Mack, and Amir Muhammad. Did you know Sykes? I met him one time, I think, in Atlanta. I'm not sure if it's the same one. Uh, no, my, 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 I think it was L.A. I met Robos in, in uh, Atlanta. My bad. Robos. My uh, bad. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. My mistake. Did he make any statements regarding how the murder took place? Yes. Um, he said that he was in the county... And he coordinated on the, over the uh, phones, and Mac and this other cat, Amir, and whoever else, I, I can't, their names escaped me, that it was all, with, they was communicating with cell phones, and that he had got information prior to that from some females that knew Biggie, small Christopher Wallace, that they uh, knew where he was going to be at, and he wanted to make a statement. He wanted it done on the West Coast. Did you discuss with the Los Angeles Police Department the statements made by Mr. Knight? Yes, I did. Why did you assist a law enforcement in this regard? Uh, I felt that it was uh, my duty, and I felt that uh, it, would, it may be lucrative in this line of work, being that I was in this line of work. Uh, this was my uh, livelihood. Uh, I have a daughter and I have a wife, uh, and my daughter goes to private school and she lives a lavish life. So uh, by uh, me uh, assisting certain organizations, certain groups, it is very lucrative financially. Did the Los Angeles Police Department pay for any of the information you gave them? No. Only thing they said that they was going to put me in a protection program if this made it to trial. I protected myself. Did the Los Angeles Police Department ever put you in a protective custody situation? Never. I was released from prison in 2003. Only, only protection I had was 9mm and Kefalor and whatever my friends I associated with. Have you been offered or have you been paid anything to to testify in this deposition today? No, I have not. Not one red cent, not a dime. Why are you testifying today? I'm testifying today because it's the truth and it's something that needs to be done and I may not be here and I don't want to take this with me because I am a full-fledged Muslim. I pray five times a day and I can't go through life and not right or wrong. In Islam, if you see somebody doing something wrong and you don't try to change it with your mouth, your hand, or your heart, then you become a part of it and you take that to the hereafter. Which, that's why I got these beads. This is to keep me concentrated. It's called taqwa, to stay God conscious. So I'm not doing this for any gain. 
I'm doing this because it's the truth. And I have a daughter. And if somebody killed my daughter and they knew about it and they didn't say nothing, and I knew they knew, I would feel really bad. I would be really, I would feel really angry. So it's the right thing to do. Do you have concerns for your safety? And I have major concerns for my safety. Do you have concerns for your family's safety? I have major concerns for my family's safety that I was told that I was going to get by the LAPD and the federal government. And have you requested assistance in uh, having security provided for your family? Yes, I have, but I had to provide my own security. But I'm not afraid, like I said, I'm not afraid of death, but I'm afraid for my family of death. And I'm not afraid of Marion Shield Knight. In the context of the interviews uh, conducted of you by the Los Angeles Police Department, did they make any statements to you regarding their beliefs as it relates to the Christopher Wallace case? They said that they knew it was cops involved because cops worked with Suge and whenever I was in L.A. the cops protected us and that the LAPD was involved that, and Suge said that that is the reason why this murder would never be solved. He told me this out of his own mouth that because LAPD was involved that this murder would never be solved and that if anybody says anything against me I can find out that's why I don't know how you guys find out about this. They told me that this shit was going to be sealed, that nobody would know. And 10 years later, everybody pops up. I have no further questions, Mr. Hammonds. Thank you. I need a cigarette. <laughs>